Welcome to the Everglades Golf Course Superintendents Podcast, your ultimate source for the latest chapter news, exciting events, and in-depth industry interviews. Welcome back to Against the Grain, the official podcast of Everglades Golf Course Superintendents Association. I'm Gabe Gallo, your host, along with Dave Meske. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, how are you doing? Not too bad, just going through summer. You know, everyone's gearing up, uh, trying to get ready for the big season. Uh, awesome, yeah, that's right. You guys are uh, coming up on your big uh, kind of push back into the golf season here. That's correct. I actually had the pleasure this week of uh, sitting down and, and recording an interview with Robert Lucius from Crew Land and Water Trust, which was uh, you know, a pleasure. I was able to learn a lot about what they do. And to be honest, I didn't know really what they did before sitting down with this, uh, with Robert. So it was, it was great to kind of learn a little bit there. No, that's great. There's a, there's a crew event coming up for that, right? So this is perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, uh, October. So it, we've, uh, figured it would be good to have him on and kind of just learn a little bit more about what they do. Uh, but before that event, I wanted to to let you know, just give you some updates on some of the stuff we've got coming up here. Okay. Um, so on September 21st, there's a golf BMP certification event uh, or, or class at, uh, it's going to be at Cypress Lake Golf Club down in Fort Myers. Uh, and the registration for that is going to be online at floridagcsa.com. So everybody, definitely, if you're not BMP certified, go register for that. Um, it, it's something that it, it should be, you know, almost think of it as mandatory. Um, after that, on the 27th, the uh, registration is now open on our website for the uh, Everglades Pro Super Vendor Tournament. So that's going to be held at Esplanade this year in Naples. And uh, like I said, the registration is open for that on the website, evergladesgcsa.org. So definitely don't want to miss out on those events. Uh, go ahead and get registered today for those. Any uh, anything you've got, Gabe, or, or should we just jump right into today's interview? I've got nothing else. Let's uh, hear what they got to say. Perfect. Robert, again, appreciate you coming out here. Um, I guess uh, I'll kind of kick it off with just kind of give us an overview of Crew Land Water Trust, kind of their mission, what the key initiatives are, uh, and you know. Just you know, let us and the audience know kind of what you do. All right. How long a show is this? Because I, I can go on a long, long time. So when I, I just... Oh, the, yeah. The, no, the, it'll be hours. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, the Crew Land and Water Trust was uh, established in 1989. And uh seems like forever ago, right? There were, there were a number of uh, really visionary folks who understood that the pace of development uh, in Estero, in Bonita Springs, in North Naples even out in Immokalee, um, was going to put some pressures on uh, our water supply, but also on uh, just how the land use was was being developed. And as you know, uh, when we get a lot of rain, and occasionally some of our communities uh, get a little inundated, uh, and that was yes. beginning to happen a little more thoroughly because a lot of the land out where the uh, crew exists, so south of Corkscrew Road, north of Immokalee, north of uh, Bonita Beach Road, that whole area out there that if you look on Google Maps, you see a big green splotch out there like a Rorschach test, right? Um, that land had been uh, altered 
that have been altered by farmers and uh, folks, you know, looking to put in uh, HOAs and communities and uh, folks that were out there logging. And over the years, because that land had been changed, roads had been put in, canals had been dug, berms had been built up, it changed the flow of the water. And that, a lot of folks had recognized that that had begun to result in flooding in neighborhoods, particularly in Bonita Springs, but in North Naples as well. And so these visionary folks understood that if we were going to be able to protect our neighborhoods, um, but also ensure that our water supply was maintained, because most of our water here in southwest uh, Florida comes from an aquifer system underground. Okay. So water has to sit on the land a while and then percolate down into the aquifer to essentially recharge that underground reservoir of water hmm. that we draw from. So as more people came down and drew water out, if that wasn't being recharged, we would eventually run out of water for our households and for our businesses. So they understood that that land needed to be conserved in some way. And so the Crew Land and Water Trust was founded um, to spearhead that project. And it was called the Crew Project, the Corkscrew Regional Ecosystem Watershed Project. And the idea was that they would work with state officials, federal officials, county officials, and private landowners to put that land in some form of conservation, whether the county bought it or the state or even private landowners agreed to conservation easements where they could continue to do livestock farming or agriculture, um, but they would not develop that land. And the land would be hydrologically restored back to its original state, which would allow it to do the things that we needed to do to protect our communities and make our water use more sustainable. Okay. So that's what we've been doing over the years. Um, but as the state bought more of that land, and, and in the crew project now, there's about 70,250 acres out there. About 29,000 of that is owned by the South Florida Water Management District. Okay. And because it's state-owned land, it has to be publicly accessible. And they needed a partner that would help them make those lands accessible to folks like you and me, and also run some education programs so that people would understand what they're seeing out there, whether it's the flora and the fauna, but also the water-related ecosystem services I just mentioned. And so in 1993, we began to work very closely with the district and the Fish and Wildlife Commission to provide those public access services, the trail systems, and the educational programs as well to educate our community, whether kids or adults. Very cool. That That is really cool. I, I didn't realize there's over 70,000 acres now. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. It's So it's 29,000 for uh, for the state. There's, of course, Corkscrew Swamp Sanctuaries out there. There's uh, some Collier County Parks. Uh, uh, Lee County has some areas out there as well. And there's a lot of private landowners out there as well that are also working to ensure that that land is, is protected and, and the hydrology is protected. So how what is it like managing that much uh, land and that ecosystem? Because it's all different out there. There's yeah. a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, there is. There's swamps and forests and marshes and sloughs and all kinds. Of, and they all work together. It's it's a big complex system. Okay. So when you tinker with one part of it, it ripples throughout the whole system. Right. So way up in up in the north uh, east corner is, is Crew Marsh Trails. It's considered the headwaters of the crew of, of that watershed, and. That water runs all the way from up there down eventually to the Keel Canal into the Imperial River and right out through Bonita Springs into Estero Bay. So anything that happens up there eventually makes its way down into Bonita Springs. So that's important because, you know, as you know, with all the development going on north of Corkscrew Road and along Corkscrew Road, there's a lot of contamination. That water mm -hmm. has to be purified. And the wetlands do that 
And I was actually going to ask you about that. With all the development that's going on out here, even, you know, I live off of oil well out there and there's a bunch going on out there. How does that impact everything you guys are doing as far as, as being able to get more land to protect or, or protecting the land you guys already have? Yeah, well, it's a struggle, you know, and that was the, you know, sort of the beauty of the, you know, the genius behind the Crew Land and Water Trust. So when they, when they established the board and the board was 30 people, it had representation from across the spectrum of stakeholders. So yes, conservationists and educators, mm-hmm. but also land developers and landowners and county officials and local officials and state officials all joined together, all with different agendas, but they had to work together in order to establish the crew project and advance it. And so that does take a lot of compromises. With land use changes, there's always going to be implications for the watershed. When you shunt the water this way, it impacts one part of the crew that doesn't get enough water and maybe puts too much water in another area. And so it takes a constant, you know, we often say that, well, almost 60,000 acres is under some form of conservation within crew. Okay. Right. But that the easy part is putting it into a conservation status. The hard part is maintaining it. And so land management continues. It's like a golf course, right? You build a golf course, the work ain't done. You got to maintain yeah. that course. So that's almost the hardest part is to keep it in top operational condition. It's the same thing with the watershed. Okay. Okay. Now, is there, as far as the uh, uh, public engagement part of it, I'm guessing that's pretty crucial to getting people kind of in the success of the conservation programs and everything. How does crew promote that within the community? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you asked that um, because I, I probably many listeners have never heard of crew. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and quite honestly, for a long time, that was by design. When crew was established, because we had all these stakeholders, yeah. it was very clear from the get go that we were not advocates. We don't, you know, we don't go out and advocate for or against for example, housing developments or, you know, these controversies, you won't see us at the, at the county commissioners or, um, you know, up, up at the state level arguing for or against certain things. The way that we educate, the uh, way that we advocate is through education. We want people to understand what the watershed does and, and what it provides to us. Right. And as a result, you know, by understanding that, we'll all be better stakeholders in ensuring that as voters and consumers, we're making wise decisions. So over the years, we've sort of, stayed in the background. Uh, and only now we're starting to become more uh, vocal, I think, in our mission to educate our community because we're at that stage where we're now passing the torch to a younger generation. You know, those founders 30 years ago have moved on and now we're looking for younger people to step up and and be the advocates for crew. And that requires a lot of education and a lot of fingertip experience out there on the trail. So we run lots of programs to get folks out there from second grade all the way up to, you know, senior citizens get out there and experience the land. And as a result, better understand what the land does for us. Okay. Are there any specific kind of research or educational programs that the trust has going on right now? Yeah. So we, uh, this is the time of year when we do our seasonal planning. So for us, season really starts in October and it goes through May, you right. know, uh, in the summer, traditionally we haven't done a lot of programs that's changed this year. We've done a lot of in-town lectures for folks who don't want to go out and sweat and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, the yep, bugs yep. and the humidity and all that sort of stuff. So we've done some in-town lectures, but we're doing our planning for the season. So I can tell you right now, we offer uh, from from October through May, we will offer about 130 recreational program events. So we run guided hikes 
Uh, they're basically two hours. You sign up, you show up, and a trained guide will take you on a two-hour walk with your group and tell you the history of the land, will explain the flora and the fauna, and will tell you about the water-related ecosystem services. So we do that at every trail system. Those those tours run every week, Okay, um, and they're a great experience. Folks love them. They come again and again and again. And of course, our trails are open 365 days a year, sunup to sundown, and they're 100% free. So how do you sign up for stuff like that? Because I know my kids would love to do yeah. that stuff. Well, I mean, we ha- we go to our Facebook uh, page. You can go. We have an Eventbrite page that has all of our programs on it that you can sign up for. But that's just our recreational programs. We also run a whole gambit of educational programs. Okay. So we have programs for Collier County Public Schools, second graders and third graders. We get about 500 second graders that come out January through March. We get another 500 third graders that come out from October to December with very specialized programs with uh, with science educators. We have a university program. We get about uh, 750 college students every year from FGCU. Uh, they come out and take the same sort of uh, tour that lots of folks would get if they came out, uh, but they get a deeper dive into ecosystem services and biodiversity conservation and sustainability. Uh, And then we offer some specialized programs. We have uh, higher level programs where we bring subject matter experts out and they'll talk about, for example, hydrogeology or the structure of the aquifer system or wildflowers. We also have a specialized birding program. So if you're a birder and there's lots of birds out there, um, we have a program every month where you go out with a guide and go on a group birding hike uh, to uh, all the four trail systems to see the different birds that are out there, whether they're they're uh, native here or they're migratory. Okay. Okay. My yeah. my uh, middle daughter, she's 12. She had me download this Merlin Bird ID app. Yeah, that's a great and, one. Uh, we are always walking around the house and she's gotten me to the point where she's like, okay, you know what that is? Do you know what that is? Play the noise. Play. So it calls it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So we uh, we do this birding program. But this year, we also launched a new program called Strolling Science Seminars for Kids. Okay. So it's a two-hour program where we bring in a subject matter expert, and they take a deep dive with the kids on on snakes and reptiles or funguses or, or fungi, I guess. Or we have, a, we have a birding beginner, a beginning birding for kids, where they'll take you out and teach kids birding. Because you may not know this, but the experience of birding is great for cognitive development, and it's great for the development of attentional control. And in these days, you know, kids have a hard time focusing. You know, adults do too, especially me. Yeah. have a hard time focusing because of all of the social media influence. Going out there and looking for birds helps develop attention. So that's a great program I, I'd recommend for you. That, yeah, that sounds awesome. The, the amount of bird names I've learned from uh, <laughs> that I can't recall off the top of my head right now, but just looking through this app and she'll just recite them. She'll hear it and be like, oh, that's a, a grackle. That's, that's that. that. That's, that's amazing. It. And I'm, right? Like, how, how do you, I don't even know that those are species. Right. Yeah. Oh, that'll serve her well. As yeah. she gets older and, and hopefully gets more into that experience, you go out there, you hike, you eat fresh air. I like to call it vitamin N. Okay. You get your vitamin nature. It's good for your physical and mental well-being just to be out there. Yes. In fact, we've got a uh, we've got a new initiative that we're hoping to launch this year with Blue Zones. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Blue Zones here in, uh, in Collier County. Um, so it's called the Crew Trails Challenge. Uh, it's based off a program that we we became familiar with up in uh, Pennsylvania. And basically, it's a wellness program that challenges people to visit every single one of our marked trails. So we've got 40 plus miles of trails wow. across four different trail systems. And so there's about 13 different 
marked trails, different trails, anywhere from a mile to three miles, basically. And so this challenge is almost like a bingo card. Uh, and it lists every single trail at each trail system. And when you take that trail, you will find a symbol somewhere along the trail on a sign. Okay. And you fill it in in your bingo card, right? Or you go out on one of our guided hikes, if you prefer that, uh, and your guide will sign off on it and certify that you've done that trail. And when you've completed all of them, you submit that card, you get a little award to recognize your accomplishment. And you're entered into a raffle to, to win a, one of several prizes. And you've got basically six or seven months to complete this challenge. So okay. it's very okay. doable. Yeah. And, and for this challenge, it's only nine of our trails. But it's, 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 uh, it's a way for us to get folks out there to get their exercise, yep. to get their vitamin D, their vitamin N, right? yeah, to yeah, yep. de-stress, but also to learn about that land and everything it does for well, us. Well, yeah, because I mean, I've lived here now for five years. And I mean, before I started doing stuff with the Everglades, I didn't know too much about crew or anything. I mean, we had been to the the big Cypress uh, Nature Preserve, okay, out yeah. there, uh, but that was about it. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I didn't realize there was all this other stuff to do. I know, and we get confused all the time with uh, Corkscrew Swamp Sanctuary, okay. which is at yep. the heart of the crew lands. Okay, so our uh, the the Water Management District lands on which the trail systems that we manage are all around Corkscrew Swamp Sanctuary. Okay, and, and okay. they present very different experiences. So Crew Bird Rookery Swamp, which is off of Mockley Road yep. here in uh, in North Naples, uh, it's a very different experience than you get at Flint Penn Strand off of Bonita Beach Road. Okay. Um, but they all offer very unique, very visceral experiences. So we have boardwalks, we have observation towers, observation platforms, we have picnic pavilions, we have all those amenities. But on our trail systems, you will have your foot on terra firma. And there's just something about being on the land with the wildlife around you that I think is good for our soul. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, getting back to some of the... Uh, one thing I noticed on your website is that you guys were kind of the first public-private partnership of its kind. Can you give some examples of, of how those partnerships have helped the crew project yeah. over the years? Yeah. So, as I said, when we were founded, it was... Uh, we were, actually, the Water Management District sort of spearheaded the effort to found crew, okay. crew trust, and the crew project for that matter. And when we established the board, it was, as I said, landowners, land developers, uh, conservationists, educators, but we also had membership from the Lee County Commission. So we have a county commissioner from Lee County, Mike Greenwell, who's on our board currently. Bill McDaniel, who is uh, one of the county commissioners down here in okay. Collier yep. County, he's on our board. We've had former mayors, we've had representation from the Water Management District on our board. So it is both government people, it's government people as well as the private sector and the nonprofit sector and the education sector. We have represent, representatives from FGCU on our board. And it's, it's important to have all of those because as I said, we, we all have different agendas, right? right? We all have our ideal vision of what we'd like to see, but it requires compromise and trust to make those visions sort of gel together into a coherent reality. And so th this is a very successful uh, model of how that can happen. Okay. Yeah. But it is very, I mean, it's obviously very personality dependent. You have to have folks that want to work together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, one of the things too, that we've got coming up as an event with uh, kind of with crew or, or that we are participating in is the, the golf tournament. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, everything that we do, all of our programs, um, we try really hard, uh, particularly now to make them affordable. Um, we want as many people 
uh, particularly young families, mm-hmm. uh, folks who may not come from means to be able to come out and enjoy our recreational programs, but also the educational programs that I told you about. So in the last couple of years, we have, we have lowered all of our prices, but we got to pay for those somehow, right? right? There's equipment, there's supplies, there's fuel. I mean, we have a whole operation uh, to do to maintain those trails, to keep them in the condition needed to ensure that people can come out and to provide the sort of amenities that people with accessibility challenges, um, they can come out and enjoy those trails. So the way we fund that is through a couple of fundraisers every year. One of our fundraisers is a trail sponsorship uh, um, fundraiser. And we have sponsorship signs on every one of our trail systems. So six different trailheads have a big sign and we have different levels of sponsorship and folks pay for that sponsorship and, and their logo gets put up there and people see that. We get about 60 to 70,000 people a year come out to our trails and they see those logos and they know that these people have a commitment to the trails at Crew. Our other major fundraising, which we've been doing, it's our, uh, now we're doing our 13th annual Stanley Hole Golf Tournament. That is our major fundraiser. Uh, and that is something that we have, uh, we have paired with the Everglades Golf Course Superintendent Association for many, many years. In fact, Matt Taylor, who, um, who is a member yep, of, the, yep. uh, is of your organization, he has been really you know, like the vanguard of this uh, tournament for many years now, having taken over from Stanley Hole. And so uh, it's a great it's a great program. This year, uh, the tournament is up at the Forest Country Club up in Fort Myers. It's on October 27th. Um, we have a range of sponsorship opportunities, including team sponsorship opportunities. But it's really important. Last year, it was canceled. Hurricane Ian yeah. you know, forced us to cancel that, uh, like a lot of folks had to cancel events. Um, and that was a major blow to our revenue. Uh, so this year, we're really trying to kick that off into uh, overdrive and make this a really spectacular event. Excellent, excellent. No, and we look forward to it every year. It's a it's a great event from uh, uh, our standpoint, and getting a lot of people out there, and, and getting kind of the recognition out there for Crew. Yeah, and we appreciate that, you know, because uh, as I said, a lot of folks don't know about Crew right. and, and what it does for us. But that that fundraising that we do at the tournament, it 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 helps us uh, helps us uh, provide so many programs for for kids and for adults who may never otherwise uh, get an opportunity to reconnect with the land. What are some of the the long-term goals of of crew and how can other people get involved and and help and you know between businesses and individuals? Yeah, thank you. So, uh, obviously, going out on the trails because you know we count the number of folks that go on our trails and we report those numbers to the state and uh, you know the more usage those trails get the more attention it gets from uh, you know the budget folks yep. and the decision makers so that that certainly helps uh, signing up for our programs absolutely important you know to show uh, commitment and to wanting to learn about the land and our recreational programs and educational programs are really fabulous and so you know you you go to those that's $5 that goes toward another program that uh, we can do for school kids. And then there's things that, you know, that we're doing out there. Uh, as I said, we're trying to improve the accessibility of our trail systems. So we've got uh, 23 benches on order. And our goal is to put a bench every quarter mile so that okay. you know, older folks who are out there can sit down. We're relaunching a program this year called Nature, Nature's Peace that brings folks out there who are visually challenged or who have early Alzheimer's. Uh, and get them out there and enjoying the boardwalk at Bird Rookery Swamp. Because there are, uh, you know, for some it's the sights, it's the sounds, it's the tactile experiences, and they don't get a chance to get out there. So going out there with specially trained guides can be a really important experience for them. So we have memberships, 
you can become a member anywhere from $25 up to $5,000. Okay. Okay. Right? And, uh, and we're always looking for volunteers. Almost all of the work that we do on the trails are, vol- are from volunteers. Okay. And from individual volunteers who sign up, get certified, get trained, and then they go, I want to work at Flint Penn Strand, or I want to work at Bird Rookery Swamp. And, yeah. and they go out and they're assigned chores, and they do that. And then we have companies. So we've worked with a couple companies that have brought out a team of employees and family members once a quarter, and they come out and do some trail maintenance with us. Okay. Yeah. So it's a great way, you know, to build camaraderie at a, at a business right. or a homeowners association or a club. Uh, but it's also a great way for them to give back to crew for everything crew gives us. Okay. Can all that information be found on your website and, and to sign up for memberships and everything? Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're on www.crewtrust.org is our website. Okay. We also have a social media presence on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn as well. That's fantastic. I know I'll be uh, going on there and, and getting a membership at least for my family and I know my kids have been asking me to go do something this weekend, so maybe we'll uh, we'll go hit one of the trails there. Well, good. We do have a wet walk coming up. Uh, we've we've actually had to cancel two of our recent wet walks because there hasn't been enough water okay. on the trails. It's it's uh, historically low out there. But we have a family wet walk coming up on September 23rd. Okay, uh, and that'll be a great experience. I know it's a little scary for some folks when they hear we're going to walk. Uh, waist deep or knee deep through the, yeah. the water. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, but it really is a wonderful experience. We have the best guides. It's really a, a great learning experience and it's exhilarating. I, I have trained my kids that every body of water potentially has an alligator. <laughs> so, so, so telling them, Hey, we're going to go walk waist deep will be an interesting uh, yeah, scenario right. there. Yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of folks get nervous, but when you have that many people, you know, traipsing through yep. the water, you know, every, every living thing in that water has gone in the other direction. To, right. Okay. To get away okay. From that racket. Very good. Very good. Well, I appreciate you coming out here and, and, uh, sitting down with us and having this interview. Uh, anything else do you want to plug while you're here? No, I just, you know, as I said, our trails are free. 365 days a year, sun up to sundown. You're welcome to come sign up for our programs. We'd love to have you come on our guided recreational walks or attend any of our educational programs, but you don't need to do that. Just park your car, walk the trails, and enjoy them for yourself. And and that will be a reward enough for us. All right. Well, Robert, thank you again for coming on out. And that will do it for this episode of Against the Grain. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the official Everglades GCSA podcast. Stay connected by following us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to download the official EGCSA app for an enhanced member experience.